0: Welcome to The Vasatow Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This is episode number four, entitled A Deep Dive. It's worth knowing that I'm recording this next to a window. Birds are chirping, flying and flapping outside and vehicles are driving by. So if you do hear lots of noise, that'll be why. This isn't one of those ultra-polished, shiny uh, podcasts. This is very much a real and raw one, which I quite like. In the spirit of transparency, originally this episode was going to be called Keeping to Schedule. My intention was pretty much the same as what today's ended up being, but it took a very different journey to get there. The thing is, the journey that it took seems to have happened again, but I think a different title is probably what was needed rather than changing the content, although that has moved a little. I intended to talk about Keeping to Schedule, as in when you have a big project going on, how to keep that motivation going. The problem was that the episode ended up being a little too self-deprecating on the journey and it wasn't quite the episode I wanted to share. So I carved into the shape I thought translated better to a wider audience and this is what we have today. A deep dive in this case is looking at finding how to avoid issues and instead focus on the project you want to achieve. Doesn't that sound incredibly easy? It's not, of course. I've found that most problems stopping me from achieving my goal stem from much deeper issues. So that's why having a deep dive comes into play. I want to share right now that I'm in no way a psychologist, psychiatrist, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm simply using a technique that seems to work a little for me, and it may work for you too. In this episode, I'll be sharing three practical tips with you and a suggestion. I'm also going to open up a bit and share some uncomfortable truths I've learned about myself. Recently, I had reason to keep to a schedule for a project I was working on. The project needed a lot included, and lots of brain power too, and it came with a deadline. I had four months to complete this project, and in typical self-sabotage style, my brain kept finding things to deal with first. Soon I realised I needed to keep to that schedule if I was going to pull this thing off. And the only way I know how to do that was to do the three things I'm going to share with you today. These three things helped me keep to this deadline and, as it turned out, submit the project a day earlier. Now, this isn't designed to sound smug, far from it. It's about finding that thing, in inverted commas, that makes you get stuff done no matter what. I think for me that thing is a number of things, but I only, I only found them by performing a deep dive on my brain and thought patterns. You know the kind of thing, I mean, tell yourself to write a story and instead you'll find reasons not to. Yeah, I'm talking about procrastination, but more than that, I'm actually talking about things way deeper. If anything, I want you to take away from this episode the knowledge that if... If you did a deep enough dive inside your mind and potentially uncovered some pretty uncomfortable truths, you can be proactive and use this to your professional advantage. My intention was to be sensible with work. I had about four months to finish it, allowing myself a day off here and there and days for sickness. As this began in February, typically I had cold after cold straight away, but then I was plagued with problems that were more psychological than physical. So I had to be ultra-serious with myself. This is where the deep dive into self-analysis comes in. Without it, I was prone to anxiety and bouts of self-sabotage. The things my mind instantly threw my way all began with the infamous what-if questions. What if I can't do this? What if they think I'm useless? Would this mean the people that I was writing for wouldn't think highly of me? This was about ego. What if? The work is rubbish. This would mean all the years I've gathered information about my topic of choice were wasted. This was about insecurity. What if they don't pay me? This would mean I wouldn't receive funds I was relying on. This was about financial loss, possibly out of my hands, but was also stepping into the field of potential conflict. What if I'm not as knowledgeable on this subject as I thought I was? This was back to insecurity again. What if others I admire, my peers, don't think this project is a good idea? This again is about ego and status and reputation. Also, what I think others think of me on one hand is none of my business. But on the other hand, reputation, especially professional, is a pretty big deal. Yet it does boil down to ego. What if they think it's awful when I'm finished? This boils down to insecurity again. My what-ifs could be reduced to two things, ego and insecurity. Reputation and financial loss can be categorised under both ego and insecurity too. Clearly, if nothing else, my brain works very well, but against me. I was rather hoping for a much clearer and proactive approach. But it seemed I needed some self-analysis to clear these issues and, more importantly, find out from where they were emanating. Why they were here was a lot easier to understand. It was because I considered this job an important one, so my subconscious tried hard at self-sabotage from the get-go. I've learned over the years that I have to listen to my brain before it tells me I can continue with the task. Like I have to find that special something that underpins everything I value in order for me to allow my discipline to kick in. And believe me, when my discipline and drive kick in, nothing can stop me. But it's getting past that first. Seriously though, does anyone else have a constant battle with their brains? No? Just me? Cool. I decided to take each one separately and find out why they were jumping up now. Obviously, telling myself stuff that might tear me down before I started is a straightforward anxiety technique. My brain is filled with them. Performing a deep dive on each one would help. It's clear that this episode will uncover things about my past I would rather not have to deal with. And I'm aware that sharing some of these makes me vulnerable to the actions of others. But then I think there's some strength in opening up. Besides, it could help others. If you know me, you'll know I take my work incredibly seriously to the point that I tend to lose all sense of humour if something's not up to scratch. Perfectionist much? Yeah, probably. Digging a little deeper, I suspect this is from feelings of inadequacy, from doing badly at school and having jobs where I wasn't valued, so constantly having to prove myself to others and myself. If I dig a little further into this psychological conundrum, I think it's because I've had a bit of a chip on my shoulder since my school days and I've carried this feeling of inadequacy right through my life. It's not a great thing to admit and if I see that others will have spotted it too. Again, it's not great is it? It's probably why I studied for a degree so much later in life. Again, that need to prove myself. I had heaps of emotional intelligence but educationally speaking not so much. As it turns out, even after getting the degree, I find I'm still left with this same feeling or at least a lesser version of it. While I was prouder than proud that I got the degree, I'm more than aware a basic degree isn't that special when you consider others have much bigger qualifications to their name. It makes mine sound like I'm telling the world I passed a spelling test in primary school. It's tough to remind myself that my amazing is somebody else's basic, like my brain's never going to be thought of as anything special anyway. But then that's back to my ego again, that I hope others think highly of me. There is another more productive thought process here. If others do think highly of me, it's possible they will buy my services. Buying means I receive money. Money pays bills. Paying bills means I contribute to running the household. Having my services purchased also means others believe the business I created from scratch is worth parting with their money for. Again, on an emotional level, that's ego. On a practical level, that's bills paid. The three tips I will share with you today, the three things I put in place to help me get over that deadline goal. They are, tip one, I created a timeline of dates and topics to include by set dates. This means that not only do you have a linear timeline of what to expect and what's upcoming, what you ought to be working on and when, and how long you have to do each one, it can also behave as a makeshift chapter outline. Tip two, I created a new deadline one that was deliberately sooner than the original one. This meant if life threw something nasty at me on the original deadline date, like a power cut, my internet access stopping, or something equally as troubling, that I'd still be able to have a few hours extra to fit that, fix that and get the manuscript to the publisher on time. Tip number three, possibly the best one. I created a word buffer. To do this, you need to create a word count chart. This chart was such but that by the end of each day, I would have to have written X amount of words in order to get to the deadline, sort of sharing out each day's words equally so I know how many I had to do each day. However, to make use of the original excitement and energy, I doubled this for the first month or so. This created a buffer should I need to take time off for rest or sickness. For those of you who have ever participated, Participated in NaNoWriMo. This is the writing challenge that happens in November each year. You'll appreciate that creating a word buffer in the first week will hugely help when you fall into the valley of weeks two and three. Week three does pick up again, and quite rightly, too, because week four looms in a dark cloud of wintry fear when you realize you need to get lots of words done to get over that final line. The skills you learn for NaNo then are the same that will help you remain focused with a word count chart. The suggestion I mentioned at the start is for you to be open and willing to perform a deep dive on your mind. You just have to keep asking why until you found the answer. The answer is usually the thing that might make you feel uncomfortable, but you know you've found it because there's no need to go any further. You've found the answer. Skills needed at this time were those I have adopted over the over the years. Discipline, accountability, timekeeping and time management. For some, they're all dirty words, possibly because they require effort. But if this is the case for you, perhaps try reframing them. I had to do this recently with something else, something I didn't want to do at all. But if you reframe discipline, accountability, timekeeping and time management into something positive and proactive and something that's working for you, not against you, it will make life a lot easier. But this project was and needed to be all encompassing. My view was that I had to give it, my, give it all my attention, make the best it could be, even spend money on it, and be as professional as I could be because my reputation was at stake. I did give it my all, to the point that after I submitted it, I was utterly exhausted for weeks. My work ethic is pretty good, thankfully, and I did make it the best it could be, even spending money on it. I did this by asking a trusted pair of eyes to read it through for highlighting anything that was incorrect, repeated or just wrong. We arranged a fee and they were paid. As a business owner and equally as a writer, my professional reputation was on the line. I had signed a contract and that in itself wrecked up some nasty memories from me. Another psych session ensued early on in the project. But signing a contract for whatever the job is always brings with it the seriousness of law. To some extent, both of you are protected, but you're also very much legally held to account. I submitted the manuscript with the help of the charts, the discipline, keeping to schedule and the deep dive. I hope this episode has highlighted things to you you didn't already know with your writing career. If you want to discuss further topics mentioned here, you can look up the Versatile Writer podcast group on Facebook. And for what it's worth... The business I run, for The Love of Books, offers creative writing services including coaching, courses and ghostwriting, proofreading and editing. If any of those speak to you, it's worth getting in touch. Even just for a no-obligation chat, you can do that via my website, loveofbooks.co.uk. That's loveofbooks.co.uk. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Versatile Writer on the topic of a deep dive.